Hello and welcome back to IVPN Voice. Today we bring you a wonderful IVPN collab with Edans. If you follow IVPN anywhere, chances are you heard of the upcoming IVPN Academy Research Journey course with Edans. And if you haven't signed up yet, I'm sure you will after this episode. We're going to tell you all about it, but first, let's find out a bit more about Edans. Edans is a scientific research support service that was established in Japan in 1995 as an English editing company and has since grown into so much more than that. They are committed to providing innovative solutions to challenges faced by the international research community, from individual researchers and clinicians to large institutions. Edans helps scientists reach their goals by providing guidance and support at every stage of research planning, execution, writing, and publication processes. They develop tools such as the journal selector and my manuscript that help simplify each stage of the publication process. They produce and manage e-learning platforms such as the Edans Learning Lab and have delivered educational seminars and workshop programs in over 25 countries. They have a whole division dedicated to healthcare research Edans Pharma supports medical affairs teams to plan and execute evidence generation strategies, gap and landscape analyses, publication planning, real-world evidence studies, meta-analyses, scientific platform development, manuscript development, congress support, and patient engagement strategies. On today's episode, we're hosting not one, but three people from Edans are here to tell you all about, well, everything. We have the director Tom DeCosta, we have Scott McCleary, instructional design manager, and Professor Gareth Dyke, author education manager. I am so thrilled to have you all on this podcast. How are you all doing? Thrilled to be here. Thanks for having us, Miriam. Very excited. Thank you, Miriam. Very excited to be here. Wonderful. Great pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. So I've introduced Adans and I'm going to leave the floor to you to introduce yourselves and tell us how you got here in life. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. Yeah. Uh, let me let me jump in first. Uh, hi everyone. My name is Tom DeCosta. I'm the director at Edans, responsible for our business development and strategy globally. So, of course, in Japan, Asia, but the Middle East, Latin America, Europe, uh, and Africa as well. And loosely, I. responsible for helping design the strategy for how we can help more researchers clinicians uh, hcps healthcare professionals around the world how can we help them plan do execute publish their research as quickly and as best as possible uh, and uh, i've been doing this uh, with edans for the last uh, 10 years uh, actually i i i don't have a background in in science my background is is completely different i'm a egyptologist by by training uh, and uh, after after a, a degree in egyptology uh, and uh, ancient languages after a couple of years in finance uh, and uh, retraining as a teacher i used to teach doctors uh, english uh, english for uh, doing their their studies overseas uh, and uh, after that I, i moved to japan which is about 15 years ago and i became an editor i used to edit manuscripts for researchers in in a variety of different fields so that, that was my way into academic publishing uh, and i joined edans with the express goal of talking with researchers learning about their needs and designing how we can help them to get published quicker and better 
Uh, I live in southern Japan with my my wife and my two kids who are uh, at that troublesome age of three and five. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be here on this call. Lovely, lovely. Um, I read about your background in Egyptology and that was very, very interesting to me. So it's a very diverse group that you have here. Scott, do you want to go next? Yes, uh, thank you. Well, similar to, to Tom, um, I have a background in, in education and also uh, some editing experience as well. Um, I live in Tokyo on the other, uh, the middle part of Japan, away from, from Tom, uh, who's on the west uh, side. And I've lived in Canada. I'm originally Canadian. I've lived in the United States, Germany, Australia. And just in my family, we have several researchers, um, a very science-oriented family. My mother is a biologist and also a teacher. My stepmother, who is a biologist. My father, who was a chemist. Um, my wife, who is a biomedical researcher and a, and a clinician. And so I'm surrounded by scientists. I'm the only sort of softy social scientist in the family. And um, but interestingly, uh, several members of, of my family, including my wife and my stepmother, are non-native English speakers. And so I've seen them navigating the research sphere as non-natives, and I've seen the challenges that they've faced, both you know, excellent scientists and, and so on, but, but struggling with you know, getting their research heard and shared. And uh, so I've seen firsthand how tricky it can be um, to, yeah, to navigate that. And as for my work, I've been working as an instructional designer for about 18 years, and I've, um, I've always worked in digital products of some kind. Since I was a teenager, I started out doing programming, and um, I did some game design and published some software titles and did some web design. And um, but then I, I came to Japan and began working as a trainer, much like Tom, and designing um, training programs for different industries, medical, pharma, Started in e-learning around uh, 2005, designing courses for, again, pharma, medical, higher ed, K-12, corporate, heavy industry, and came to Edans three years ago. And is, is it really that long, Tom, three years ago? <laughs> I was going to say, it feels longer. But... <laughs> it feels longer. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. And uh, it was actually a very natural fit because um, I had... Uh, worked with, with um, research industries uh, before and with researchers in my family. So it felt like a very natural fit. And um, I've really enjoyed uh, so far my time with, with add-ons. And I've learned a lot because we have some very, very well-qualified people, some fantastic experts here. I think I've learned more at add-ons than I've learned in probably my last five positions. It's just been really exciting. Scott, I, I remember when, when you joined add-ons uh, those, those, those years ago, uh, we used to do an awful lot of... of um, researcher workshops we travel all over the world and give workshops seminars actually i really miss that and you know, of course because of covid we're not doing it but mm. i really miss talking to researchers face to face it was one of the great mm. joys of of our job was going all over the world and being you know looked after by researchers who love showing their lab and their equipment and their studies about all of their their, their research but also you know talking to them about what they were going to do next and what their plans were um, but we had this um this this vision a few years ago of well that's great doing these workshops and talking to people face to face but the nature of learning has changed such a lot in the last you know five six seven years and i i remember when when you joined us scott the vision that we came up with was people want to learn and they can learn with us you know on their on the way to work in the morning on the way home in the right. car if they've got five minutes they could do it if they've got half an hour they could do it but they could be doing something at their convenience. And this was the real drive, I think, for how we've designed 
all of the all the content and all of the strategies that we've got to help learning. Uh, that's been such a such a great endeavor that that you've been leading in in uh, in the team. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been exciting as well just to see this evolve. And as you said, Tom, it, the idea was that um, we. You know, we want to save researchers time, trouble, stress, energy. We want to we want to be able to have to reach them wherever they are and to to support them. And sometimes that means we, as Tom said, we can't physically be there. So we wanted to have some sort of platform where we could continue to reach out and support researchers from wherever they are um, and whenever. Wonderful, wonderful. I hope you can go back to seeing researchers face to face very, very soon. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Your vision is very similar to the IVP and voice vision. It, it started from the idea that people can just listen to this on the go, whether they have 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes, mm. just for them to learn about something new or hear about someone's story and just, just give them some sort of drive or motivation to do something, right? Right. A similar vision that we have here. Gareth, you're next. Hey. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Gareth's my name. Um, I don't have any background really in in, um, in in formal like teaching and education, but I worked as an academic in a bunch of um, universities in Ireland, in the US, um, and in the UK. And so I taught lots of classes, all face to face, of course, like you know over the years. Like, but my background is in geology. Um, I did a geology and biology degree all those years ago, and I am um, I I then trained as a paleontologist. So my my work, my research has been on fossils and, and, and reptiles in particular. But as a kid, I was interested in birds and flight. And I was a, still am a keen bird watcher. So I got interested in, in the evolution of birds and the evolution of flight. So that was my publishing background. And so I'm also quite new to the academic publishing world. So just over the last couple of years, really, I've, I've gotten into that. But I really do enjoy like um, teaching writing and publishing and helping colleagues like all over the world when we did face-to-face training of course that was great but I think Edance has has been really um, also like a a great learning experience for me because of Scott's platforms we are actually we became like you know well positioned um, in this whole like new online world that we that we live in to to really engage people and I hope that we're able to do that like and I hope that and colleagues, when they join our courses and webinars and trainings, will will appreciate that 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 our offering is a little bit different in terms of how much we can help colleagues and how much we can engage with people with our online platforms. I mean, online education is a bit like being on an island. I think I imagine like you're on this desert island and you're either able to cope with it or, or are you rushing to get off and back to the way that things used to be. But I think the future looks like. 50 50 you know we'll be doing lots of online training going forward of course and and so yeah like thanks for the chance to talk to you today it's it's wonderful thank you gareth i often think on just on what you said there online learning can feel sometimes a bit lonely like you're doing it by yourself yeah i really hope that that this podcast and and the subsequent ones we do help people feel that you know there are real people behind this and they are they're contributing and and doing it together with with people and it's um, very much yeah, a, we a collaborative experience yeah we try to build communities that's i think that's a key word for us at edance Ariam is to is to help people feel like they're part of a learning community of course that's important to be an effective learner but it also 
as you say, Tom, it helps people to feel like they're not alone. And of course, even though we are alone a lot of the time these days, like I think through these through these platforms, we can feel more um, more part of that community. Definitely. That's also that's also why we feel a, a synergy with IVPN. Uh, it's a fabulous network for, uh, and a, an, a, an attempt to do, to to give shape and structure and opportunity um, across a, an entire region to a, a section of clinicians and researchers who need lots of support and need lots of, of help um, for them to keep pursuing their research goals, which is very, very noble. I'm constantly inspired when I hear about how much extra effort researchers around the world make to learn about publishing over and beyond their daily work. Um, it's very inspirational. So the, the, the calling of IVPN is, is very much in line with, with uh, I think, our thinking as well in, in reaching out to, to researchers and clinicians and helping them wherever we can. And that is why, as Tom briefly mentioned, we are collaborating with Adans on a series of podcast episodes to help researchers reach this goal. We haven't announced it yet, but you heard it here first. So... I want to know more about Adans and what it represents. I mean, we've talked about this. You've briefly touched on a few points. First of all, what does Adans stand for? So, so let me let me jump in and let me try and answer that one first. Uh, if I get it wrong, guys, you can uh, <laughs> you can jump in. Uh, Adans. So we were founded in in 1995 in Japan, and uh, the the time zone, of course, of Japan is very much in line with. Australia and New Zealand. And our editors, our research consultants, our researchers um, in what were often, uh, you know, 20 years ago in Australia and New Zealand. So we were offering editing to Japanese researchers. And our company at that point was editing Australia, New Zealand, Edans. And it was one day a, uh, this was, I mean, editorial work was still done by fax these days. Uh, and can you believe it? Uh, fax. <laughs> and um, uh, one day a researcher uh, called up on the phone and said, is that Edans? Actually, the, 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 the staff at the time uh, were thinking, well, what, what is Edans? We're, we're editing Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and then slowly, uh, they put two and two together and came up with four. And the name stuck <laughs> from their moments. So uh, we started off providing um, editorial services to uh, clinicians at Fukuoka University Hospital. And it was the, the gastro um, team. Uh, they, had, they were doing some great research, but like many research groups um, at the time, they, when it came to writing and publishing papers, uh, it was tough, not only on the English language, but when it came to the submission processes, when it came to interacting with journal editors, responding to peer reviewers, this was a different world. And uh, busy researchers and clinicians, you know, it, it was very, very time consuming for them to be trying to navigate this um, sometimes opaque process. And so uh, that's, that was the, that was the, um, the trigger. For, for the company to start. And so we started off supporting Fukuoka University Hospital researchers, clinicians, and we grew from there. Uh, and now we have, um, you know, nearly 200,000 customers all over the world. Um, about 75% of the work that we do is biomedical. 
uh, and we not only help them with the editorial process at that that um, publication time uh, when they're preparing manuscripts or they're going through the, the submission and peer review process, but increasingly we support researchers when they plan their research, when they're when they're trying to formulate interesting research questions, when they're trying to do the background research, the, the scientific rationale for studies, designing, for example, the statistical approach to a study, that it meets the future publication standards. Uh, and so when, when they are executing their study, when they're trying to get it published, the rationale was good, the approach was good, the methodology was good, the manuscript is, of course, well-prepared, uh, clear, and describes the results in the right context. Uh, and helping researchers in this entire research cycle process is what we do now. Uh, and we're very, very privileged to have that close working relationship with, with, um, with clinicians all over the world, that we can help them uh, in, in this process. That's what we do. I keep finding similarities between Edan's and IVPN. The title came from something completely random, right? <laughs> and um, IVPN is similar in a way. So IVPN stands for Intravenous Parenteral Nutrition, which was, which was the specialty of our founder and director. And right. it just started as a group just dedicated to IVPN research and information and whoever had questions regarding that. And it just expanded and grew into something so much more than that. But then the name just stuck. So it's completely the same idea. And it's just so nice to keep finding similarities between us. And I've even heard an alternate version of Tom's legend. Really? Uh, just quickly, uh, when I asked the founder, Mr. Kerry Greer, I heard the whole story. This, I think Tom's version is probably the correct version of events. But uh, Mr. Kerry Greer told me that it was originally education, Australia, New Zealand, because he was a teacher originally as well. Or maybe he was just saying that to me because he knows I'm an education nerd. But but it also education has also been uh, a key part of, of add-ons from the beginning as well. And this idea that that you know, knowledge is empowerment and that one of the best things that we can do to help researchers is also just to empower them with knowledge and to find the best approaches um, to conducting their research and sharing their research. Okay, so I have another question. And I got asked this question the other day. And so I wanted to know what you think. So someone asked me, what catches your eye in a paper? And like, what makes you decide this is good, good research or not? And considering my healthcare background, I answered uh, the method because that's usually our, our main focus of a paper. And we're essentially programmed to believe that, you know, the method makes or breaks your medical research, right? But then I kept thinking about it and I kept coming up with different answers every time. Um, so I would love to hear your answers. I want to know what you look for in a successful research paper. What's the most important element if you will. It's like the, uh, it's the biggest and most complex question you could ask. <laughs> what makes a good research paper? Uh, no, but you're absolutely right. I mean, um, on, in terms of like looking at the methodology of a, of a paper and, and a study, that's a, that's a crucial part of whether it can be published or not. Um, not only was it good, but is it replicable in some way? Uh, is there enough detail and was it appropriate? Um, uh, when, when I look at, I mean, I, I'm fortunate, I look at papers all day, many, many days of the week, uh, and, uh, and mo most of it clinical medicine as well. Um, so really, uh, I, I think a couple of features really stand out. 
uh, when you see good papers uh, that go to the top journals. Um, a very clear uh, scientific rationale for the research question, a very clear link to the clinical question. What does this mean for clinicians? And you see this a lot in, in the more progressive journals is that they've, they've begun to really spell this out and you'll see really convenient sections in, 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 in journal articles. What did we know before? What do we know now? What's new? What does this mean to clinical practice? And those sections are, are a really great tool for this quick, quick understanding of what's in a paper. But actually, the paper itself really needs to communicate those things as well. So when we, whenever you start off and you see a, a, a compact but well-organized introduction section that really presents the, the current state of the field, why a particular research question is valid, and it ends with a, a great research question and leads into, and this is how we're going to answer that question. But you have that really solid structure and logic presented. That's the, that's the, first, the first sign for me that you're reading something that's been well thought out, well considered. The authors have spent time getting their story right because that, um, that logic being presented right is about the story of a paper. Uh, and it's not, I think uh, it's, it can be quite tempting to think of academic papers as dry, but actually when they tell a story is when you get the, the most, um, most readable and the most, um, uh, the best communication through those papers. And perhaps those are the ones that get into the good impact factor journals. Those are the ones that get more citations. Those are the ones that get disseminated on social media more because they could communicate a story of why something was important, what they did about it, and what it means for the field going forward. So that, um, for me, that, that, um, that structure being really clearly laid out uh, and showing that the researchers had that clear vision for their study, and that being very clear from, from the way the paper is written is, is, for me, vital in identifying a good paper. Gareth, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think the key word is story um, in, in all of this. And um, it's easy for researchers to get like buried in the details of their studies. I mean, I found this a lot with my own research. And so I think a good research paper is one that steps back and, and allows the reader to, to see the bigger picture. So why is this work relevant to a, to a bigger question, to a question that's important, like outside maybe of that particular research area that's definitely what um what the high impact factor big journals are looking for that bigger picture that wider perspective but it's about storytelling absolutely like you know i think that writing academic papers is no different to any other kind of creative writing and i took a lot of inspiration in my own writing from you know all the other kinds of reading that i did like in my life detective stories like terry pratchett like fantasy mm -hmm. fiction like because this is um this is all about telling a story. And that's good advice also when you have to give a presentation, when you have to give a talk at a conference or, you know, speak on a podcast or whatever. Like people will relate to you and your research if you talk about the stories that, uh, that lie behind that research. Like what happened when you were collecting the data? What, what, you know, things took place like during the course of the study? And that makes it much more relatable and readable for others. I think that's I think, what makes a good paper, yeah. I think uh, that's all the more important when we consider the vast majority of research papers are 
incremental steps in the field. They're not the big breakthrough. They're not the great leap forward that goes to New England Journal of Medicine. Most research projects are small steps forward. And it's those small steps up uh, that, that to add knowledge or background or build um, build uh, mechanistic findings or they build something which is adding to the field. Those are the studies that need to have that context. And that's the vast majority of studies. And of course, everybody is, is wanting to, to one day have their, their big result paper, but most aren't that. Um, that doesn't mean they're less important. It means that they, they, they really need to fit into the right context. So the story of those and what they mean, what do they add to the field? Getting that really well communicated is crucial. Great. Thank you for answering my question. I can stop thinking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the services that Adans offers. I went through the website and I heard about them from Gareth. And there are so many things that you do. But I want to talk about the learning lab. Scott, can you tell us about that? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, the Learning Lab is really all of our training workshops, seminars from the past 10 or more years um, condensed into an, an online format. Um, that's originally what, uh, what I joined Edans to do, but it's, as Tom said, it's, it's grown into, into something bigger than that. So rather than just taking our seminars and workshops and putting them online, we've developed a, uh, a training portal uh, and uh, a community for people to come and learn anytime. We've, we've got a blog uh, with lots of exciting content uh, going up day by day. We've got, um, we've got a course grid. I know everyone has a course grid. Ours is a bit different. I'll talk about that later. Um, we also have more than 100 ebooks, PDFs, infographics for people who are busy and just want something useful they can immediately grab, templates for research planning, writing, publication, presenting, and so on. And we also have a tool set, uh, which we're very excited about as well. We've, you mentioned the journal selector. Thanks for mentioning that. Uh, that was our original tool, often imitated, never duplicated. But we also have two other tool sets. We have My Manuscript, which is a manuscript builder, and which has um, a wealth of, of training content built right into the interface, which makes it unique. And we have My Protocol, which is a tool for developing systematic review, research questions, um, protocols, um, Prospero online forms, and also for writing the systematic review manuscript. And that's built into a, a suite of courses and tools that we call My Systematic Review Studio. So it's a mix of, of courses, downloadables, tools, templates, and depending on your learning preference, uh, you can use any or all of these to, to achieve your goals and save time in your research planning and publication. One of the, the things, Scott, that I really love about uh, the, the Learning Lab approach is that it's got the combination of the facts, what people need to, to, to navigate the processes and to do it well, but it's also got a lot of um, content that represents how fluid and how quickly the, the publishing and, and research landscape is changing. So a lot of blog posts that address key things that are changing, it might be Know, what's going on with preprints or what's what's going on with open access and what does it mean for me it might be about um, the, the 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 recent brilliant trend in visual um, 
items associated with manuscripts, like infographics or, or video summaries and graphical abstracts. Uh, so, of course, all the traditional stuff around um, publications and and um, and writing, but also content addressing so many of the items that are fluid and changing in in both the marketplace and the industry. And that can leave a lot of researchers wondering, well, what's the best way to navigate this? And I really like that there's the balance of both of those things. Thank you, Tom. Kind to say. Too kind, maybe. Gareth, you you recently joined Adance and you had some very kind things to say too um, about the Learning Lab. What was it that interested you when you first browsed through? Well, I mean, it's 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 a great um, resource, and and we know that that especially clinical researchers, medical researchers, healthcare colleagues, extremely busy. I mean, all academics are extremely busy, but it's especially the case for medical researchers. So the Learning Lab contains course content, online content and tools, but um, just enough um, for you to get um, ahead of the game and, and understand about the processes, not too much. The courses are, um, I think, great lengths. So, you know, if you're a busy researcher, you don't have time to sit for hours and hours, like listening to lots of courses. But for me, like the number one like um, thing that I found really useful um, are the tools. There's a great journal selector tool on there that 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 I thought like really was very useful. I mean, I would say that, right? But like, I, it's true. Like, I started working with Edance just a few months ago, and it is a great resource. So, anyone listening to this, we'd encourage you to hop on over to learning.edance.com and check this out for yourself. Because you know, looking for a journal, that's one of the biggest um, steps that you take as a researcher. Probably the most important decision that you make with your next piece of research so you want to get that right and lots of people are trying to um, help you but the most important thing to keep in mind is that most of the people trying to help you help you are publishers and so publishers have journal selection tools but they only have their own journals on those journal selection tools so if you go over to one of the big publishers you might think you're getting impartial advice but actually you're not and so edant's provides that um, and the journal selection tool is really impartial um, when you make that decision so that for me was the the biggest um, thing about about the site and when um when people want to make the transition to using tools and 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 getting educational content but they actually want to transition to getting input specific to their project uh, that's when our our services um, come into play uh, and we've got a team of 300 experts, um, every research area, every therapeutic area, um, experience in if it's not just cancer experience, but cancer biology or breast cancer or particular types of breast cancer or medical oncology. Um, A team of experts that have uh, a wealth of experience, not just PhDs. Uh, I think um, uh, the the actual experience writing and publishing their own research, experience um, giving and receiving peer review comments, um, and of course, journal editorial experience. This this is the difference. This is where our, our team can really um, help those researchers that are wanting to make that next step. So if you've got um, a, a challenge and you need help with a solution, um, come visit us. If, if you're not sure what you need, we're happy to talk to you and, and, and figure it out with you as well. So just get in touch. And it is worth mentioning that the Learning Lab is actually free for IVPN members. 
Yes. Um, right? If you are subscribed to IVPN, you can get your password through your respective listserv. And happy learning. So, Please come and visit us. Yeah, we're excited, <laughs> to, we're excited to welcome IVPN members to Learning Lab. So. Besides the free access to the Learning Lab, IVPN has collaborated with Adans on a 10-hour competency course about research. It's called Research Journey. So this course is presented by Gareth. Can you please walk us through the outline of the course, its objectives, and what participants can expect to walk away with? Sure. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, our course starts in just over um, uh, on the 13th of June. Um, so Sunday, the 13th of June. Um, in the evening, so starting at nine o'clock um, for colleagues. And um, we're going to take you on a journey, like over these uh, two hours per day, um, five days of this course, because we see, um, as, as Tom and Scott have mentioned, research is a journey. Um, and people, you know, you're not alone on that journey, like you have lots of help and support. Um, but, you know, how to successfully navigate um, from the beginning of the process of so coming up with ideas, for research projects and then successfully completing the project, getting it written up for publication, picking a journal, and then into that black box of submission. And what happens, like, you know, after you send a paper off to a journal, often we find that's one area of um, particular uh, confusion or, or a lack of knowledge amongst colleagues, like what's going on, like, right. once you send a paper to a journal. So, you know, and then we'll teach you how to deal with peer review comments, communicating with the editor, making sure that your great idea, your research project that you've written up and spent all that time working on actually has the best possible chance of getting published. And then what to do after that, after the paper comes out or while the paper's still in review, while you're still doing the research, how you can communicate um, with the wider world, with your colleagues, with your peers, with people in your networks, about your research to maximize its impact um, during the publication process and afterwards. And then everything starts all over again with the, you know, the, the cycle. I like to think of it as like a hamster wheel, you know, you're just kind of <laughs> going round and round and round the same cycle with each of your research projects. But it really is like, you know, you may have several projects on the go at a particular time. You might have different hamster wheels going around in different stages but everybody we find like um, around the world tends to have the same questions and experience the same issues in the publication process so we have that experience um, over 20 years or so of dealing with researchers to really help you short circuit the process and get ahead of the game so that's the that's the point of the course and so please join us like I think it will be Lots of fun and I hope quite interactive. We'll see how we do. But like, yeah, starting on the 13th of June and running for um, five days. I've actually been telling my friends about this course <laughs> because um, with everyone going to postgraduate um, studies, I thought that this would be a great way for them to ease into the world of research, right? So yeah. if you're not completely sold on the idea yet, uh, I wanted to tell you that there is a 50% discount on registration and there's a chance for an extra 10% off if you are a part of King Saud University, Gulf Medical University, Saudi Society of Clinical Pharmacy. If you are an IVPN listserv member, 
before or if you've attended an IVPN academy before. I don't know about you, but this is an exciting opportunity. I personally have registered and I cannot wait for all of you to sign up as well. So this brings us to the end of this episode. As sad as that makes me, we've we've been having fun. (laughs) Do you want to say anything to the people? Thanks so much for having us on this um, podcast, first of all. I think it was great. I really enjoy, as I said, can't speak to researchers face-to-face so often these days. So it's really nice to to have such a a forum for for talking and about um, this subject, which we all love talking about, which is, you know, academic publishing and and research, uh, the research process. We love talking about this. It's our our reason to be. Um, So really thanks for that that opportunity. And just one kind of parting uh, comment. Um, It's a really exciting part of the academic publishing evolution at the moment don't just write a manuscript do all the other things that you can which make your manuscript so much better Uh, and i mean for example plain language summaries infographics video summaries uh, video schematics uh, lay abstracts uh, lay summaries all these things that that make uh, your manuscript accessible interesting readable relatable rememberable as well people recall those visuals so well so my my, my one kind of parting advice is yeah uh, manuscripts are, are the core and are important but don't leave it there gareth over to you yeah and people um people should feel like free to get in touch with us at any time like we're you know always happy to talk to colleagues like and help with problems so i mean it's always um it's always a challenge um we know like getting your work um, successfully into those into those leading international journals but you know we're also happy just to have a chat and just to talk to people learn about what people are working on and you know and make new contacts make new friends so thanks again for the chance to to do this it's great thank you scott any part any uh parting words yeah uh maybe it touches back to your earlier question Marion. you'd asked about what what stands out for us when we look at a, at a paper and uh i completely agree with tom i think two things that that i think are important to keep in mind is is discoverability so I want to see an even playing field for researchers around the world. I want your research to be discovered by others, um, especially if English is not your native language. That shouldn't be. Unfortunately, it is a barrier. But don't let your findings uh, be left undiscovered. As Tom said, get out there, share your findings with the world. Science should be an adventure of discovery. And yes, that whole publication hamster wheel that that Gareth is talking about is actually a part of the adventure. It can feel like a grind, it can be stressful, but that is actually a part of your adventure as as a researcher and as a scientist. So um, make your discoveries and share them and make them discoverable to others. And distillation is another, so the two Ds, distillation, as Tom said, you know, plain language summaries, visual summaries. Personally, I love I love working on abstract. It's my favorite part. Getting just the right combination to make that paper discoverable through keywords and through plain language and um, representing the story of that manuscript in a little encapsulated distillation. That's really exciting to me. So everything that Tom and Gareth said, I completely agree with. Discovery and a distillation of your ideas, so others can absorb them. Uh, I think that's, that's one of the most exciting aspects of, of research and publication for me. Thank you. Thank you so much for just summing it all up for us. So Adans really acts as a crossing bridge for researchers. So if you are a person who has a research question, or if you're 
already working on a research paper or if you're thinking about publishing, definitely look into add-ons and I'm sure you can benefit from at least one service that they offer. Thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you, Scott. I really enjoyed talking to you and I look forward to our collaboration in the future. So until next time, take care and stay safe. Thank you.